Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Let me pray for us. Father, as we come to the point in our gathering together this morning where we open the truth of your word, Father, help us to help us to sense the, the gravity of what we do. Help us to sense, Lord, the beauty of your word and what you've given us, the importance of your word in our lives, Lord, how it should form the foundation for everything about who we are. It should be the basis of our decisions, Lord, the basis of the way that we treat others, the basis of the way that we see you and the way that we live our lives. And so, Lord, as we open up the truth of your word, Lord, we just pray you would give us understanding and clarity to be able to hear from you. And we pray, Father, that as we hear from you, you would grant us the strength and the courage to change our lives based on the truth of your word. And Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit to be transformed more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I want to begin this morning by reading a passage from Exodus 24. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to put it on the screen. If not, you can just listen. Exodus chapter 24, I think we have it on the screen for you as well. Children of Israel have been captive in Egypt for over 400 years. The Lord has done some pretty amazing things. He's brought them out of captivity. They've wandered now in the wilderness. And the Lord is beginning to do some pretty incredible things in their midst. And so we read in Exodus chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, or he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Arab, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seven of the elders of Israel, You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come with him. Now skip to verse 12. The Bible says this, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and Hur are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Now, verse 17, I want you to listen to what it says. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. You know, sometimes our walk with Christ is a struggle. And within our hearts, we desire to know him, we desire to follow him, we desire to seek him, but we battle the urges of the ungodly. And I feel like I just need to say to you in this moment, 
No matter what demon you're facing, no matter what battle you may be up against, the scripture is clear that there's hope in the Lord. And there's hope in His glory. See, I think for so many of us, as we look at our lives, and we look at our desires and how we want to follow Christ, and we see the difficulties that we face as we seek to do that, I think that if we could truly understand who the Lord was, if we could truly see His power and His grace and His mercy, if we could truly see His glory... I think there would be no doubt about our allegiance to Him. But see, it's very easy for us to set aside the things of the Lord in favor of the things of man. It's very easy for us to get caught up in the trappings of this world. It's very easy for us to desire the things that bring glory to ourselves and set aside the things that bring glory to the Lord. And so we're going to talk this morning about that struggle about the struggle we face between seeking the Lord or pleasing ourselves, about following Him and all He calls us to do, or making the decisions that please us. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now this is the eighth week in our sermon series we've entitled, Upside Down. And we've called it upside down because it's a picture as we study through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. You can bring the title back up if you want to. It's a picture of living our lives differently from what the world says we ought to be doing. It's a picture of being different. It's a picture of standing out. It's a picture of living upside down. Now, Christ, in our study has finished up at least the way we've divided this up now with chapter 5. And so we're going to spend just a couple of minutes reviewing chapter 5 to make sure we're all on the same page with what Christ has said and how we're going to move forward. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, with the Beatitudes. We studied those many weeks ago. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled on and on the list goes. And then Jesus moves into this idea of salt and light. And Jesus says that we're called to be different. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We're called to be a city set upon a hill. We need to live our lives upside down in such a way that the world sees us and knows we're different and recognizes Christ within our hearts. He moves beyond that into the idea of murder and adultery and divorce. Very difficult topics for us. Last week we examined the idea of being honest in all that we do. We talked about giving up our rights as followers of Jesus Christ for his sake. And we talked about loving even those that hate us. Loving our enemies and praying for those that persecute us. Now the interesting thing about all of those topics is that they're upside down, aren't they? It's like sitting in your living room upside down when you live your life like that because you're going to look different. You're going to look different from the people that surround you. You're going to look different from the people that you work with. You're going to look different from the people you go to school with. You're going to look different from the world when you live based on the teachings of Christ. But that's his calling. And as difficult as it may be, we need to seek him in all things. So now we arrive at chapter 6 where Jesus is beginning, beginning to talk to us about things like giving to those that are in need and 
prayer and fasting. And we're going to cover those topics over the next several weeks. But before he delves specifically into those ideas, he's going to give us a foundational verse. Chapter 6, verse 1 is going to form a foundation for us as we move forward in our study. So let's examine that together this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says this. Be careful, the words of Christ, not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now here's the first truth, and it's very foundational for us as we move forward through chapter 6. It's this, we are not called to seek the praise of men. We are not called to seek the praise of men. Now it's very interesting to me here that Jesus begins this section with a warning. The first two words out of his mouth as he trying to kind of change his course here a little bit is to be careful. Now you'll remember, and I just kind of reviewed with you a second ago, that Jesus has just covered some pretty difficult topics. He's covered the topic of lust and adultery and anger and murder and honesty and revenge. And if we kind of listed the top ten things that we struggle with, some of those things would be in our top ten, wouldn't they? These are issues that we deal with on a very regular basis. But the warning that Christ gives us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 is not related to those things, as difficult as they may be. Instead, it's related to another idea, an idea that I believe may even be more difficult. Jesus says very simply, be careful that you don't live your life seeking the approval of man. Well, that's hard, isn't it? You know why that's hard? Because we like for people to praise us, don't we? It's just human nature. That's kind of who we are. We like for people to say good things about us. We, we like to feel important. We like to feel as if other people are listening and following us. And so as we study this scripture and as we try to understand the teaching of Christ, I think this goes to the heart of our struggle oftentimes in following Jesus. We can either choose to give up our rights and the things that we want and follow him, or we can choose instead to do what we want to do and set aside the things of the Lord. I remember when I was in high school, students, you'll appreciate this, Believe it or not, I know this is going to be hard for some of you to believe. I wasn't the coolest kid in school. I know that's hard for you to believe. I was kind of quirky. My hair was funny. I looked kind of different. I didn't fit in. Totally different than I am now, but that's how I was in high school. And I can remember as a student looking at those kids that were cool, right? You remember those days. Some of you were the cool kids. I can remember looking at those kids and thinking, What must that be like? (laughs) What must it be like to sit at that table at lunch? What must it be like to be that cool and to have those friends? What what must it be like for people to to watch you as you walk down the hall? That that, that wasn't me, right? That, That wasn't who I was. And I can just remember very vividly when I was a student just kind of pretending like I was that kid, right? You ever do that? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> pretending like you were the cool one. Pretending like you fit in. Pretending like everybody wanted to follow you. Right? Why? Because that's human nature for us. We still do that today, don't we? 
there's probably that person in your mind that you look to and you think, they've kind of got it figured out, don't they? I kind of wish I was like them. (laughs) They're really popular or they're really famous or people really listen to them. They really follow them. That's kind of who I want to be. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing good things and there's nothing wrong with leading people. But here's the problem we run into. Our ultimate desire has to be for the things of the Lord, not for the things of the world. And when we get caught up in pleasing people and we get caught up in seeking the praises of men, what we fail to do is seek the glory of the Lord. And so Jesus warns us here, be careful. I know this is human nature. I know this is going to be a struggle for you. I know you want to be accepted and important and glorify yourself, but it's not about you, right? It's not about doing what you want to do. Instead, it's about pleasing the Lord and seeking Him in all things. Now, this is foundational for our understanding as we move forward because Jesus is going to do something very interesting. He's going to move into some specifics in chapter 6 about giving to those that are in need. We're going to cover that in just a few minutes. He's going to move into the idea of prayer. We're going to cover that for the next couple of weeks and then eventually into the idea of fasting. But as he goes into these specific areas, this foundational understanding of seeking the Lord, not the praise of man, will become the lens by which we examine those things through. When we think about giving to the needy, it needs to be with the understanding that we're pleasing the Lord, not pleasing people. When we pray, we need to understand that we do it to bring honor and glory to the Lord, not so people will think we're spiritual. When we fast, we do it so the Lord will be honored, not so people will look at us and think, wow, is that guy spiritual? He's fasting again this week. See, Christ says, when you do these things, these acts of righteousness, as Jesus phrased them, you need to do them so that the Lord is honored. We're not to seek the pleasure and the praise of men. We should live life upside down. Now look at verse 2 as we move through this text. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. So when you give to the needy, right, there's, so there's this sense. Verse 1 is a foundation. So, he says, so when you give, based on what I just said, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. There's that idea again. It's foundational. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now here's kind of the other side of that coin. Here's the other part of this equation. We're not to seek the praise of men first, but number two, the truth is this. Our actions should bring glory to God. We're to set aside the idea of seeking the praise of men and instead our actions should seek to glorify God in all the things that we do. Now the glory of God to me is just such an incredible part of the teaching of Scripture. You find it from the beginning to the end. And God basically says on all occasions, in all circumstances, I will be glorified. That's why there's some measure of comfort sometimes when we deal with the difficult situations of life, as hard as they may be, we take comfort in the fact that the Lord will receive glory. We may not understand it, it may not make sense to us, we may not be able to figure out exactly what that looks like, but the Lord is going to be glorified in all that he does. And so we see examples like Exodus 24 that I read a few minutes ago. 
Moses goes up on the mountain, the fire and the smoke descend upon Mount Sinai, and the people of Israel think that the glory of God is a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Can you just imagine what that must have been like? The power and the majesty of that moment. Romans 3.23 tells us very clearly that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We're not worthy of His glory. We're not worthy of His grace. We're not worthy of His holiness. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. There's the sense that all of creation will shout out to the glory of the Lord. All of creation will explain His power and explain His beauty and explain His majesty. And then 1 Corinthians 10.31 kind of sums it up for us. Whether you eat or drink or, and if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of the Lord. It's very easy for us in this setting to think about the glory of the Lord, isn't it? It's very easy for us to sing these incredible songs and want to bring glory to the Lord. It's very easy for us to sit in Sunday school and think about glorifying the Lord. And that's right and that's good and we should do those things. But are we thinking about glorifying the Lord when we walk into work tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord when our boss says something to us that we just really wish he wouldn't say or she say? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord when our employee doesn't do what he or she is supposed to do? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord's students when that teacher just kind of says something to you that just kind of grates at your nerves? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord when that kid at the lunch table makes a comment that's awfully rude about you or maybe a family member? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord in the way that we treat others? Are we thinking about glorifying the Lord when someone treats us poorly and we rejoice in the fact that we've been persecuted for the name of Christ? See, it's easy for us to talk about the glory of the Lord when things are going as they should. But when it all falls to pieces, are we seeking His glory in all things? John MacArthur says it like this. God does not reward men pleasers because they rob Him of glory. See, if you seek the praise for yourself, you're not giving Him the praise. If you seek the glory for yourself, you're not giving him the glory. And Christ uses a very strong word here. I want to kind of point out to you. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, just listen. He speaks in verse 2 and he talks about giving to the needy. Do not announce it with the trumpets as the hypocrites do. There's the word there. If you were to skip down to verse 5, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. There's the word again. And then when he talks about fasting in verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Christ uses this word hypocrite, and he uses it like this. A hypocrite is a person who pretends to be something they're not. In the context of Matthew chapter 6, what Jesus is saying is, the hypocrite is the person who pretends to be spiritual, but is only doing it for the glory of man. The hypocrite is the person who acts like they're godly, but they're only doing it because they want people to see them and appreciate them. The hypocrite is the person who says and does all the right things in front of people so they'll think that he's a really spiritual, religious man, but then in the privacy of his own mind, he's sinning and he's seeking the things of the world. That's a hypocrite. If we were all honest, we're hypocrites on some level, aren't we? We're all hypocrites on some level. 
It's very easy for us in a moment like this to think about the things of the Lord. But when we're challenged and when we're tempted and when we're sinful, are we interested at that moment in seeking his glory? Christ says, beware. (laughs) Be careful. Don't be the hypocrite who seeks the things of the world instead of seeking the things of the Lord because God is clear in his word. There are multiple occasions when he speaks of people that are hypocritical. There are multiple occasions where he speaks of the person that says one thing, but in their hearts they're thinking something else. For example, Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, and I want you to listen, see if this is kind of a picture of who believers are even in our context. These people, now he's talking 700 years before the birth of Christ. These people come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. See, the Lord says there's this group of people that will say the right things. They may make the right comments. Their prayers may sound good. They come near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Christ says, beware. Be careful because here's the most dangerous part about a person like that. It's hidden from the world oftentimes, isn't it? Well, you can live your life like that and get away with it for a long time. But Christ knows. And I promise you, your walk with him will ultimately suffer. See, we need to set aside the things of the world and seek instead the things of Christ. But here's the problem with that. It's upside down and it's not what the culture teaches This is not the way the world tells you to live. The world says something like this to you. You need to take credit where credit is due, right? You did a good job. You've earned it. People should say so. You deserve recognition. You need to market yourself. You need to promote yourself. You need to make sure that other people see your value. We we live in this me world, don't we? Where people are consumed with bringing glory to themselves. It's, it's always so amazing to me. And I'm a sports fan, so you, you can understand where this is coming from. But it's amazing to me how athletes who are good at doing one thing become elevated in our society to hero status, right? If you can hit a baseball well, you're a hero. Isn't that interesting? If you put a little ball in a hoop on a regular basis, you're a hero, if you can throw a football or catch a football, you're a hero. And we, we take these people that are, that are good at this sport, and that's all well and good, but we elevate them to this status that they can never fulfill, right? They're heroes, and we look up to them, and all of a sudden they become role models. And it's so interesting because when you put these kind of people in those positions, oftentimes they glorify themselves, don't they? Oh, look at how good I am. <laughs> look at all I've done. Celebrities are the same way. You see them in movies, you see them in music videos, and you begin to see as you listen to what they say, how full of themselves they are, right? And how they want to glorify themselves and they want to bring praise to themselves. And it's very easy for us to look at those people and shun them. But on our level, in our own little world, we do the same thing, don't we? The same thing. We're not in front of a television camera, nobody's interviewing us. But in the world we live in, even if our own, in, within our own hearts, we desire to bring ourselves glory. We desire to set aside oftentimes the things of the world and instead we choose, we, we, excuse me, we, we, 
choose to set aside the things of the Lord, and instead we choose to follow the things of the world. Now let's move on through this passage of Scripture. Foundational. Don't seek the praise of men. Instead, seek the glory of the Lord in all things. Now look again at verse 2 through 4. Jesus is going to give us some specifics about giving to those in need. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by them. There's this sense, right? Don't do it so people see you. Don't be a hypocrite that pretends to be spiritual, but you're only doing it so other people will see you. But when you give to the needy, verse 3, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now there's some truths I want to pull out here, and we're going to kind of wind down. Foundational, don't seek the praise of men. Instead, seek the glory of the Lord. But there's some truths here that we need to understand about giving to the needy. And as we understand giving to the needy, again, we're looking through the lens of bringing glory to the Lord. How do we give to the needy while at the same time bringing glory to the Lord? Well, there's several things that Christ gives us here. Number one, we need to do it often. We need to be giving to people that are in need on some sort of a regular basis. Look at verse 2 and 3. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, do it this way. Verse 3, he says, when you give to the needy, do it this way. He doesn't command you to give to the needy because he's assuming you're already going to do it. Here's the example. If I were to say to you, today when you're eating lunch, don't forget to do this. I don't have to say to you, hey, you need to go after church and eat lunch. Why? Because you're all going to go eat lunch. It's assumed. I don't have to say to you, hey, tonight make sure you eat some dinner. Why? Because you're all going to eat dinner. It's assumed. So I would instead say to you, when you eat, do this. When you eat lunch, do this. When you eat supper, do this. It's the same thing with Christ. He's assuming that people are going to be giving to the needy. It ought to be happening often. It ought to be something that's a regular part of who we are. Now, it's interesting as we study through this text and we study through this section because this is very missional when you begin to think about it. Giving to those people in need is very missional. And we've been talking for the last several weeks about living the missional life and recognizing need around us and trying to meet that need, whether it's a physical need or an emotional need or a spiritual need. We've been talking about the idea of recognizing need and in some way pouring into the lives of these people. That's what Christ is talking about. Christ gave to the needy on a regular basis and he did it in kind of, this is a simplified model, but here's basically what he did. He provided for their physical needs. He gave them an opportunity to meet their spiritual needs. That's kind of the way he did it. What a great model for us. This guy is in need. He needs something. I'm going to help him here and it will give me an audience to at some point share my faith about Christ with him. I'm going to love this person in the name of Jesus Christ so that the Lord will be honored, so that the Lord will be glorified. We have to be careful here because Jesus says when you do these things, make sure you do it so that the world doesn't notice, right? It's not as if we're going to give this guy a check and then we're going to pose for pictures. We're handing him the check, right? Can you get this? Can you photo? Can you get a picture? I'm going, to, I'm going to tweet this later and put it on Facebook. Glory to the Lord here. I gave this guy the money, right? It's about our hearts. It's about our intent. It's about helping people that are in need in crisis. You ought to be doing it often. We've set aside a date. I've, I've told you to write it down. I'm going to tell you again. March the 9th at 5 p.m. in the fellowship hall, we're going to have a class. It's going to be about an hour on missional living. And we're going to talk about exactly what that ought to look like. We're going to give some very specifics about how you can live missionally. And we're going to talk about Mission LaGrange and we're going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you to be a part of this movement. Several, several weeks ago, I asked several of you to raise your hand. Or actually, I asked whoever wanted to to raise your hand. 
If you felt called to live missionally, and about a third of the group raise their hand, I'm going to challenge the folks that raise their hand. You ought to be here. You ought to be a part of this meeting. You ought to take this idea of missional living to heart, and you ought to live your lives in such a way that the Lord is glorified and the Lord is honored, but you can lead other people to do the same thing. So we need to be given, giving to people very often. Here's the second truth. When we give to somebody, it ought to be done in secret. When we give to those that are in need, it ought to be done in secret. Verse 2 says, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with the trumpets. Verse 3 says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse 4 says that your giving should be done in secret. Now let's kind of make a distinction here. Let's make sure we're clear. We're not saying that nobody can ever know. That's impossible. People are going to find out. People are going to know. People are going to hear. But it's really about your heart, isn't it? It's about your intent. It's about the desire to give so you can honor the Lord, not so you can honor yourself. I think about Gene Fryer. Some of you knew Gene really well. We had his funeral here, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And one of the things Gene did so well was he gave to people that were in need, but he did it in secret oftentimes. And I had the privilege of hearing about it because I was the pastor, the associate pastor, and so I got to hear some of these stories that a lot of other people didn't hear. But one of the things I learned about Gene early on is he was willing to give, but he didn't want a whole lot of people to know about it. In fact, I believe that he gave a lot of stuff away that Kay didn't even know about. And so during his funeral, I asked if there was anybody in here that Gene had helped kind of privately that he didn't make a big deal about. I asked the group to stand. Now, this place was packed with people. Almost every person stood up. That's the example of living missionally. That's the example of recognizing need, meeting that need, but doing it for the glory of the Lord. You say, well, I don't have a lot of money to give to people. You don't have to give money. (laughs) You can give time. You can give energy, you can give effort, you can give a kind word. You know a kind word spoken can be so much more meaningful than money, you know that? Sometimes people just need you to come and put your arms around them and say, I love you, I know you're going through something very difficult, I'm here for you, I'm going to be praying for you. Call me if you need me. That's so much more valuable sometimes than money. But the Lord says you you need to do these things, but you need to do it in such a way that the Lord is honored and the Lord is glorified. One scholar explained it like this. In a time when so many people want fame and glory for themselves, we must be sure that we give with the intent of bringing glory to God. We must take to heart this verse and examine our own hearts and ask God to forgive us of our selfishness and our desire to take away from His glory and bring it only to ourselves. We see that when we give with a pure heart, God is glorified. So we ought to give regularly, we ought to give in secret. And then here's kind of the third point I want to make, the third truth I think we see. Our giving ought to be some sort of a sacrifice to us. We ought to on some level give sacrificially. Now so many of us give out of abundance, and amen, we should. When the Lord blesses us in whatever way he blesses us, we should be willing to give out of that abundance. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We ought to be doing that on a regular basis. But I think, I believe... That there ought to be times, they may not happen on a regular basis, but there ought to be times when we give something, it costs us something. I think if all we ever do is give out of our abundance, I think we miss the teaching sometimes of the Word of God. Isaiah 58 is a very interesting passage of Scripture. I would encourage you at some point to read through that entire chapter, but the Lord is talking about people who kind of fake it, right? People who say the right things, but in their hearts, they're not truly followers of Christ. And so he says in verse 10, 
That if you will spend yourselves, that's the idea of kind of giving everything you have. If you will spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noon day. There's this sense that there are times in our lives where we ought to give until it hurts. Now, I don't even presume to try to tell you what that means. I think that's between you and the Lord. But if we look at how Christ lived his life, aren't you thankful he didn't just give out of his abundance? Because I can promise you one thing. His gift to you cost him everything. You say, great, I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to even give. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to sacrifice. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to live missional. Well, there's a lot of things we can say about that. And there's a lot of ways we can explain that. But the church in trying to help you understand what this looks like, has given you some really good opportunities to be able to do this. We've given you mission opportunities. Some of you are going to be getting on an airplane in about a month and flying to Zambia or to Guatemala. Some of you after that will fly to Romania. Some of you after that will fly to Alaska. You guys are giving of yourself. Now, there are those of you in here who say, you know what, I I can't do that. I, I don't have the time with my vacation. I don't have the money. I don't have the desire. That's okay. You don't have to get on an airplane to be a missionary. You can be a missionary tomorrow morning at work. You can be a missionary in your home. Dads, you can be a missionary at the baseball field when your son's taking batting practice. Moms, you can be a missionary at the ballet hall when your little daughter's practicing ballet, right? If we're careful to think through this and study through this, we understand that there are all sorts of opportunities for us to live missionally. We've given you the chance for Mission LaGrange in July. Camp Viola is coming up in June. VBS is coming up. Rockridge is coming up. There is no shortage of giving of yourself. There's no shortage of opportunities to live missional. There's no shortage of seeking the Lord and recognizing your need to follow Him in all things. You know, living for Christ is not easy. In a world that screams, me, 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 I need to please myself, the Lord calls us to do things that the world won't do. The world says you need to be noticed. You need to make a name for yourself. Christ says you need to be careful to give all the glory to the Lord. The world says you better save up your money. You better not give it away to anybody. People will rip you off. The Lord says you need to give sacrificially and often to those people that are in need. The world says it's all about me. What can I consume? What can I gain? Christ said it's all about serving the Lord and being willing to give up everything for the sake of Christ. You know, Jesus challenges us in the gospel with a very simple phrase. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. In a world that screams me, Christ calls us to more. He calls us to be different. He calls us to live upside down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. It's clear, it's understandable, it's challenging, Lord, it's convicting. Lord, our our desire is to please ourselves. We all know that. It's the sin nature that we deal with every moment of every day. Do we please self or do we please the Lord? But Father, you've given us a clear calling in our hearts and in our lives to seek you in all things. To do your will, to, to, to follow your calling, to 
set aside what we want to deny ourselves and instead to follow you, Father. So as we understand this clear calling, I pray you would give us the strength to apply it to our lives. I pray you give us the grace, Lord. Give us the understanding. Give us the courage to be the men and women of God you called us to be, to be the church that you've called us to be. Not because it's what the world says to do, Lord, but because it's what you say to do. And we love you so much and are so desperate for you that we're going to follow you wherever you lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand. I'm going to give you the chance for the next couple of minutes if you want to come and pray at the altar. Maybe you need to pray about what the Lord's calling you to do or who he's calling you to be. Maybe you need to pray about what, what being a missionary at work looks like. Maybe you want to join our church. Maybe you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. But this is your time as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.